Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on September the 1st, 2020. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, Sleepless in Seattle. And Caffeine Rage. On today's show, we will, of course, be discussing the games that we have played. We're going to be giving an update on the Fall Guys charity bidding war, which has netted over a million dollars. And we will be going through a Steam Discovery queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. So I love how both of us over an hour ago are like, yeah, we're really tired. This will probably be a short episode. Um, and then we talk about TV shows, bullshit. bullshit, and then TV shows for nearly an hour with like 15 ish minutes of that being like good Franken recorded content. Well, we also uh, had uh, game club stuff to work out as well. So it's not all bullshitting around. Mostly, but not all. Well, I, I wasn't even counting the, the game club stuff because we did that pretty quickly at like 9.15 or 9.20 when I got on. Because you run Steam first, so when I hopped, or not Steam, Discord. So. Well, no, I might have been on Steam first. I mean, uh, my account is... Uh, 10 years old. Yeah, you were on Steam first. My account's nine years old. The old man. And also, everything's kind of getting sucked into my account. Ooh! <laughs> um, how are you this week? Uh, I'm alright. Uh, not a terrible lot going on this week. It's just doing game club stuff, doing... Uh, uh, yeah, getting used to Adida going back to school, uh, getting frustrated with my state government, bitching about it on Twitter. You know, the usual. Yes, indeed. Some of those things are the same for me. Um, staying up way too late, playing tabletop RPGs. So, good times, good times. I was up until nearly four this morning. Um, we didn't play RPG that late, but then once we finished, I couldn't go to sleep. I was well, awake. Oh, that's Cthulhu for you. Yes, we played a one-shot uh, Call of Cthulhu. One-shot! One-shot! It was good. That was the first time I'd ever played, actually played Call of Cthulhu, but I've played other D100 uh, RPGs and other things, and I'm uh, like the master just, of shenanigans. Uh, just an idea. Next time, uh, since it went till late, maybe you should just like get a voicemail. <laughs> I see what you did there. I don't ever check my voicemail either, so my sanity meter wouldn't go down. Yeah, I, I went maximum shenanigans. I I broke my ankle. I got stabbed. Uh, I uh, went blind, or not blind, deaf for a little while. Um, you know, I did a lot of dumb stuff. But I just <laughs> was like, ooh, what's that? I'm going to lick it. I actually did lick some like blood that was appearing out of midair. So, two thumbs up. Had a blast. Had to go to the hospital in game, not in real life. There's other other tabletop stuff too that I have had to to deal with. There's some drama on my other game. Although I don't think I'm going to mention that on the show. They listen. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, uh, the COVIDs. No other stuff. Uh. Drama, 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 drama. 
Chameleon. No, it's Drama Llama. Drama Llama. Yep. Um, but that, all that stuff, and then just playing games, hiding out from the COVIDs. Um, I pulled a couple off of my my list because mostly the only things I've played this week have been BattleTech, more, and uh, City Skylines. Yeah, which I've been pretty much uh, a couple mobile games, which we'll all talk about one. Uh, well, in just a few minutes. Uh, City Skylines, uh, Professor Layton still, a couple freebie things on uh, the DS, and still Legend of Zelda. I'm up to, I think, the sixth dungeon. Sweet. So probably in a month or two, talk about uh, Legend of Zelda again before going on to Oracle of or sorry, yeah, Oracle of Ages, I think it is. Do you, uh, do you want me to go first with my games this week, since I've got two, and we do a sandwich, uh, or do you want to go first? Uh, you can. Okay. Um, both of these are going to be fairly short. My first one is uh, Forager. I've got these, the link to the Steam page on there, but the show notes. But I played this through Game Pass. Um, Forager initially looked like it's something that would be very much up my alley. It is a... Um, a resource gathering management sort of crafting type game um, that feels somewhat inspired more by um, having some extra like roguelike or roguelite elements in it. Um, And it starts off pretty okay, but typically in these types of games, the farther you go, the more interesting you want it to become. And instead it just becomes kind of tedious. The, um, they, they tagline it as the idle game that you want to actively keep playing and that's kind of uh, false as you start playing. It, it's very active in the beginning. You start out with like a basic tool, uh, like only like a basic pickaxe and like one teeny tiny island that you have to go around and gather resources from. And the pickaxe just gathers everything. So you chop down trees with a pickaxe. Um, you kill animals to get their whatever materials you get from them. No, I'm Ooh. not a... I'm not an expert at pickaxes, but I don't think you're supposed to use a pickaxe like that. No, I don't think so either. Um, use it you're to supposed like, to punch the trees. Right, but you use it to chop down bushes and rocks, and you start gathering these uh, resources, and you start opening the first few things in the crafting tree, and you craft um, you know, a, a crafting table and a storage uh, container and uh, a forge and other sort of you know crafty things it's like okay now that i've got this thing i can craft the next level of stuff and so on and so forth and sort of the goal of the game is to gather these coins which um you can find them by by killing enemies that start spawning a little bit later on but also you can make them you make them by melting gold and turning it into coins and then you use the coins for basically the entire upgrade system so you get character upgrades there's um like a big upgrade web uh or, or grid where everything is kind of connected to everything else. Um, I've got some problems with that. I'll talk about that in a second, but um, there there's that upgrade system. And then your Island, it starts out very small, but you can see through on some of the screenshots, it's buy land for, you know, some coin amount. And so you buy land um, around your, around your surrounding Island and where sort of the roguelite element comes from is that the land pieces are randomized like there's a, a I, I looked into this. There are a specific set of tiles, but they are randomized where they appear on the map for the most. Oh, the part. trunk based uh, generation. Yeah, there's a couple that you 
um, get early on by default, because if you don't, there's certain things that don't open up for your progression and you could wind up getting into a horrible grind loop without them. But for the most part, it's, it's random. Um, you can increase your land area manually first by building bridges and then later by being able to place down land itself. Um, and you can place pretty much anything down on a bridge except anything that needs to grow. That needs actual dirt. But that's sort of the main loop of the game. You uh, work to get enough coins to upgrade your stuff, um, either your skills or your island, um, or you know more islands, so you get access to more things. Um, and you do that to earn more coins faster, to do unlocks to get more coins faster, to you know repeat ad nauseum. Um, but the more you play the game, the less it co- becomes about playing it, and the more it just becomes about sort of micromanaging, generating coins. I mean, it really does become an idle game where you're not really playing it. You're doing sort of the equivalent of clicking or tapping the screen by walking around and smacking all of your things once with the pickaxe to collect everything from them, and then going into the menu and buying the next island or the next upgrade until you essentially complete the tree. So the more you play it, the less you play it. Um, And that's an interesting kind of concept, I think, or twist on an idle-style game. Um, There might be some merit there for a different type of player, but I want things to become more interesting and meaty. And, And yes, I want things to become more automated as I go down the tree, but I don't want that to make my experience less, lesser. You know, in Factorio, for example, the further you go down the tree, the more things get automated, but the more complicated things get, and your role shifts from micromanaging everything to the macro aspects of it, designing bases, going out and exploring and finding the materials you need to bring them back and craft, you know, whatever you're trying to do, build a base, build the rocket, research, et cetera, et cetera. You've always got a goal like a a varying set of goals and different ways to achieve them. And in this one, it's literally like, okay, the, what's the most efficient way to earn coins? Well, stacking these things together, like eventually you can get something that's like, it's called a, uh, I believe a bank or a mint. I don't remember what it calls it, but just every so often it pops out gold coins and it gets bonuses for having more mints next to it, like adjacency bonuses. So you start building these little sort of square pockets full of mints to, get coinage all on your own without having to do anything. And it's like, okay, I mean, I could just like sit here then like I'm done. Um, the game has some survival elements. You have to eat food to replenish health and stamina. Wait, wait, do you have to poop? No. Oh, damn. <laughs> Zero out of 10. Yep. Horrible. Would not play again. Um, but it does have a couple of basic survival elements. Like you have to eat food. There's really no penalty though for not eating food um if your hunger meter runs out which it depletes faster by using your tools and your weapons and stuff when you get weapons later so you know your stamina meter as it runs down like eventually it'll run out but all it does is it does one heart capsule worth of damage to you and you start with three but pretty quickly you get more hearts so eventually you can just completely ignore it because you have um abilities that give you passive health regeneration or health regeneration for killing enemies and just through the natural progression of play, you're not going to have to eat. So after the first, I don't know, 45 minutes or so, I quit eating food altogether. There was just no point um, because I could regenerate my health in other ways. So the penalty you get from not eating, you know, it might as well not even be there. 
Um, and then that brings me to the upgrade tree for the player. Um, you cannot see the the next node of the upgrade path until you research the previous one. And oh boy. things are not laid out on this grid in a way that makes any sense at all. Because, because it limits what you're able to see and plan for, you might spend hours getting you know coins to buy the next upgrade, sort of ignoring a skill that you don't want. It's like, well, I don't want this. This doesn't help me. It's pointless. It doesn't give me any upgrade or any bonus that is useful. Um, but it locks you out of progression until you have to go back and get that. And you get it and it unlocks more of the tree. It's like, oh, so two more past this one was the upgrade that gave me, I don't know, the ability to make the automated tool repair center or whatever, or the automated storage chests that just take extra items out of your storage and put them in like this global inventory that you can access from anywhere. Like, you know, really useful stuff gated behind bullshit. And then you, but you can't see what's past the bullshit to plan for it. You know, these tiny incremental upgrades or stuff that doesn't apply at all. Uh, is the web uh, randomized? Um, I don't know, actually. I don't think so. I don't think the the web is randomized. So you, I mean, at this point you could pull up a chart, but if you don't know that going in, you're not going to think to look for it. Cause I played for a while before I thought, you know, I should like look up a chart of this because pretty quickly you start seeing stuff that you can't build because you don't have the skill to use it or the skill research to build it. So you can see it, but it's grayed out. Like you don't possess the skill to craft this item. Um, so there's there's probably a chart somewhere. I mean, everywhere. It's the internet, right? Where uh-huh. you can look that up. And that's that's what I did so that I could figure out you know where to go and what to do. But I don't, it's just bad game design. Just have the whole thing shown, or if you're going to randomize it, fine. Take away some of the choice available on the list. Um, you know, that way it pushes you down a more linear path, which might be a little more boring, but it would make more sense. And it would keep you from wondering like, okay, well, I mean, I need to get this thing, which one of these sort of main tree branches is it going to be under? Although the, the skills upgrade also don't really make any sense. They seem out of place. Um, you know, they're they're roughly divided into four categories that should represent things like um, like flat bonuses to like money, health, that sort of thing. Bonuses to using tools, bonuses to your crafting, um, and then bonuses to combat. But stuff is scattered throughout each of the four branches, so it's just it's really weird. Like it, and honestly, I don't like this game. Like, it's not bad. It's not broken. It's got some design issues, but it's not the type of game that I thought it was. And like I said, the more you play it, the more boring it gets. You know, the more you play it, the less you play it. So, it's it's not for me. I mean, if you know you've list, been listening, and it seems like it's up your alley, you can buy it for uh, twenty bucks on Steam. But if you have Game Pass, it's still on Game Pass, so you could try it out for free. I also think it was uh, one of the Twitch Prime games. I think. I think so as well. It seems familiar on there. I'd have to go double check it though. Yeah, um, I'm I'm pulling that up right now. <laughs> I don't see it, so maybe not. Although it could have been on there and has already been rotated off the list, I'd have to go look at the the, his, the list history or whatever. But uh, I would have to look at my library because I've been a lot better than you about uh, getting my games. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, it, overall, it's not like a bad game, but I do think it's boring, and it's definitely not for me. So, zero out of ten would not bang. Zero out of ten would not play again. Utter garbage because this is the games industry, so everything is either a perfect ten or mm-hmm. a zero. Yeah, I don't see it on here, so it hasn't been on there for within the last uh, year and a half, which is all but like two months of uh, Game Pass. Or not Game Pass, but yeah, Twitch games. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, oh, all right. Indeed. So, so what's, uh, what have you played? So, I, play, I have a, a little bit of a backlog as well, but since it's going to be kind of a slow episode on news wise and when we were putting the show together we were a lot more tired but we've kind of woken up a little bit since then i went with one of the mobile games i've been playing on and off for the last few weeks uh okay golf it's well okay anyway moving on to you hey Uh, okay, okay i guess i should give more of a reason why it's just okay i got this when it was on sale probably about a month ago now, a few weeks ago to a month. And it's a little odd, all right? Looking at it, you think it's a pretty standard golf game, all right? Uh, you know, click it, or tap and drag to uh, set your power, and you know, pretty much standard golf. But it has this weird difficulty about it where uh, pretty much it's very, very difficult to get below par all right that's kind of the first thing there's 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 holes on this game that is a par two all right mm-hmm. which it's odd to begin with and there's it's just the physics of it feel wrong all right if you're on the fairway you expect the ball to roll a little bit and then stop all right well because of the perspective it's sometimes hard to see slopes and if you land on a slope your ball is going to roll and roll and roll some more. And then maybe I'll stop. Think about stopping, then roll a little bit more than stop uh, pretty much at the bottom of the hill. And it's very difficult to see that. And also some services will just bring a ball to a dead stop, no matter what. And I'm not just talking about sand traps. I'm talking about anything that would be considered rough or, uh, or if you touch out of bounds, you uh, immediately stop uh, and just say, oh, out of bounds, t- uh, take a stroke instead of you know, seeing if it rolls because there's shortcuts that you possibly could take to try to get under par, but it's just you're at the whims of the uh, of your chances of uh, where in that shot circle your ball's going to land. So, if you're below essentially like 90% uh, power, you're able to shoot immediately. But if you go full power, you basically have to sit and wait for a moment to kind of just for it to dial in. So it'll go a, a large uh, shot probability circle with the shot going wildly around it. And then slowly it'll like focus in. But if you move too much, uh, it brings it back out. And it just makes it feel very cumbersome. And on top of that, in order to progress through the game, you have to get stars, which is tied to your par and also additional modes. There's uh, Each course is 
five holes plus two hidden ones, which I'll get to hidden holes in a moment. And in order to uh, I get more than just two stars, you have to get under par on individual holes. And then in the tournament mode, you have to shoot under par across all the holes, which good luck for some of them. They turn into uh, real bastards real quick, which I don't really have a problem with uh, a difficult uh, course, but it just feels a little unfair because it requires a lot more precision than I think a golf game really should. And then there's timed mode, which whatever sick fucker thought of timed mode and then made it where if you, oh, if you land the ball on the green and it does not go immediately into the hole, it's going to roll and roll pretty much all the way across the fucking green. And you're just going to have to try to chip it in. And on a timed mode, that is just excruciating watching the ball slowly roll for 10 to 15 seconds. So I just try to go back and skip time mode, which is thankfully only three stars and just try my best on getting either the hidden holes, which on each of the nine holes, there's a chance it's set on the particular hole, but there's hidden additional holes that's in the kind of the void beyond the uh, world. So if you look at the uh, gameplay, you, you see like it's it's almost stereotypical like Super Nintendo X graphics of looking down at a map of a golf course. Mm-hmm. But if you uh, look closely, sometimes you could catch the, like the rim of a cup. And if you're able to sink the ball into that, uh, you are... uh, take it to a hidden hole that's beyond the normal nine holes but they're also exceedingly difficult like the first one i found it was pretty much a pyramid where you had to get like six or seven perfect shots to climb it or try to work your way out far enough where you could climb up the uh, without climbing up the uh, uh the terrace of the uh, pyramid. Well, I guess at that point, it's a ziggurat, but uh, right. Right. Uh, but the problem is that because you're, you're not point on perfect with your shot. If it hits uh, the incline wrong, it's just going to start rolling and rolling again. I think that's what really gets me. It's just, there's so many instances of the ball feeling like it's fuck you. I'm going over here for no damn good reason. That just makes me, put off uh that puts me off from recommending this flat out especially considering they talk about how relaxing the game is no the game is fucking infuriating at times which is sad because whenever it's not pissing me off it's actually a pretty good game overall it's just there's that those quibbles that really ruin it for me like trying to do a time mode whenever the ball will literally just start rolling across the green ever so slowly or you hit, uh, you miss your sl- shot ever so slightly, and you hit a hillside, and it's just going to slowly roll back. And there's also some surfaces that the ball just does not want to stop on, no matter what. So uh, on one of the courses, that looks like it's uh, after a volcanic uh, eruption. So there's uh, a solidified lava all over the place. 
if you land a ball on that, it'll just roll and roll and roll until it's on the other side. But if it doesn't have enough uh, momentum or it hits a hill or just bounces str- uh, strangely because it's a black surface, so it's hard to tell incline, it'll just once again slowly roll and just, ugh. right? Yeah. So it sounds like it's okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's not amazing. It's definitely not the. It's one of the better golf games I played on mobile, but that's not saying a lot because a lot of golf games on mobile are microtransactions, pieces of shit. And this is a well, it's not a full price game, but it's a paid game. I think I paid sub dollar for it, and it's three dollars. And if you really need a golf game, I I would say three bucks is okay uh, for it. Uh, if not. Uh, it is part of Google Play Pass, so you could uh, get that instead. And, but at that point, you know, unless you're pay, uh, paying in for multiple games on it, it doesn't make a lot of sense because it's you know five bucks a month. So you know you kind of need more than just okay golf to really sell you on it. And honestly, I still it's tough to really try to. Uh, feel the value for this outside of you know maybe like Stardew Valley, right? Yeah, there's just not a lot here that I'm that I'm really convinced about. But then again, maybe it's just me. I don't know. I mean, apparently I have it according to Google Play. If that's true, or the the Play Store, if that's true, I, I mean, I'm an, I'll I might check it out and report back my own findings. But if it's like bugged out for some reason or still thinks I have it from that one time I tried Google play pass or whatever they called it. Uh, then I, you know, obviously I won't, but uh, yeah. 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 It'll be interesting to see if uh, you play what, what you think of it because it is interesting and it does some uh, uh, fun things, especially some of the hidden holes can be quite, uh, uh, well, unique in design, but it's just, trying to find them and also there's a lot of collectibles that you have to get for some reason i haven't figured out why yet but there's like jack-o'-lanterns that are scattered across all the courses that you have to smash often way out of your way so you have to either make a, an attempt at the hole just to uh, get a couple out of the way collectibles or just you know forego them it just doesn't make sense why they're there yet. Which is not, you know, does it really sell me on, uh, you know, a collectible if it's, right? Yeah. If I don't know why, because honestly, uh, collectibles are just kind of uh, busy work for most games. Yeah, especially when it's collect a hundred, whatever. Oh, it's a couple hundred for some of them because it's, like two or three per hole, and each course is nine holes plus the hidden holes. And not all the jack or like not all courses will have the same collectible. So there'll be like one course that will have of uh, jack o' lanterns, another one that will have you know uh, uh, dolls or something that will have be on a couple of holes. Then jack o' lanterns are another hole, or it's just ugh. indeed sounds that way. All right. Um... You want to talk about something else that makes you go, or want me to talk about something else that makes you go? Eh. <laughs> well, it might, well, it may make me just go to sleep. Yeah, that's because, my it's, because it's boring, 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 boring. 
So uh, I bought Skyrim for Switch. Um, I've been playing it. What can I you guess, get on your refrigerator? A month. I don't have a smart fridge, so no. Um, I've been playing it for about a month, a month and a half maybe, um, on Switch. Um, I mean, I'm not going to talk about Skyrim itself. We have one of our oldest Game Club episodes is about Skyrim. We have gotten into multiple conversations since then about our feelings on it. This isn't specifically to talk about Skyrim itself, but the experience from playing it on Switch. Um, it's interesting. Like, there are some things that you just can't do, which are, you know, for some people, some of the major, like, most major points of Skyrim, and that being mods. Um, without, like, modding your Switch, you can't mod Skyrim on Switch, at least not at this point, which sucks. Um there's you know plenty of things at at the very least you know you can't get the unofficial bug patches and um you can't get some of the extra doodads that make the game more interesting by like revamping the systems like the food and um potion making and all of that jazz so that sucks not being able to mod it and i almost didn't buy it because you can't mod it but i thought you know I'll, i'll give it a shot and um if i don't like it you know i'll try and refund it and if i don't get a refund well it's on sale for like 75 percent off when when i bought it at the time um uh, but i'm i i enjoy my time with it because when i sit down and play it it's in the living room on the couch when my kid when my kid wants somebody in there to keep him some company but i don't want to play minecraft with him or i don't want to watch whatever he's watching or even if he's just like sitting on the floor playing with toys it you know he's kind of gotten to, to a stage where he's like, I want somebody to be in here with me to keep me company, but I don't want you to play with me or touch my stuff. Cause you'll mess it up. And it's like, I get that respect. So I'll sit in here and I'll play on my switch while you do whatever it is that you're doing. Um, is that, or sitting in a recliner at night playing for 30 minutes or an hour before I go to bed or laying in bed, um, while Katie's asleep. Um, but just, you know, quietly playing it with some earbuds in, um maybe listening to a podcast like that's that's the way that i'm have been consuming skyrim on the switch as opposed to you know docking it and playing it on my tv or whatever on um, which, playing in bed would probably be perfect for me put me right to sleep. put you right to sleep um which uh, skyrim has got a lot of other issues on the switch that um are all related to performance it's the original release at, at least i think graphically speaking which i don't give a shit about but i mean it's noticeably less you know polished looking than the you know the the pc version or the console version especially the remaster that they you know they came out um and it it's locked to 30 uh fps which when playing in handheld mode is not too bad um, I occasionally notice it, but when you're playing on a tiny screen and so much more of your peripheral vision is filled by stuff that's not the game, it can it can get away with it, and it manages to hold a locked 30. I haven't noticed any stuttering or any time where the frame rate dips below that. Um, and so while I'd prefer it if it could hit 60 or run unlocked to get um, you know more more frames when possible. Uh, the fact that it doesn't dip below 30, it makes it playable for sort of its use case here. Um, and I, I mean, I, I enjoy it. I've always liked Skyrim as just something to, especially at this point, to just sort of run around and mess around in. 
Um, it plays fine. You know, I mean, you are using uh, gamepad, uh, so it's not as precise as a keyboard and mouse, but that doesn't really matter in Skyrim anyways. Um, the Switch, I don't know if I've got Joy... Since I bought this used, I don't know if my Joy-Cons are a little wonky or if the controls just kind of suck um, on the Switch version. But um, it does... Looking around for precise movement is a little bit twitchy. Um, like there's a little bit of dead zone in the stick. And so I never can quite nudge it properly if I'm trying to look like left and right to grab an object. But I, I started compensating. And th- I think it's the Joy-Cons because the left stick doesn't have this issue. So I think it's the right stick is just going out and it's noticeable because... Well, there's uh, documented cases of Joy-Con drift and uh, issues with them, so... Well, that I think that only applies when the console is docked because uh, they have I a thought hard... it was I thought it was the Joy-Cons in general. I don't I don't know cuz when they're actually connected onto the side there's actual connection points because the console itself charges the the batteries in the Joy-Cons so that when you take them out that like that's how they get charged um to use with the the weird little controller attachment. Okay, it looks like the drift is more there they slowly uh, work their way out of the dead zone. So that's not your issue. Yeah, I think I think that just the Joy-Con, particularly the right one, is a little wonky. Um, I might get some replacements at some point, but it's honestly not a super big deal because I'm, you know, you run around, you shoot everything with fire, you stab it with like big sword sweeps. I'm not much of an archer in in the Elder Scrolls games. So oh, definitely doesn't... not playing it right then. <laughs> so it, it doesn't bother me all that much. But I mean, for for how I'm playing it, it's great. Just chilling out, playing for little bits of time. Um, it runs the Switch's battery dead in about two, two and a half hours if it's fully charged. And whereas other games that I've played, the battery will last about five-ish hours, give or take a little bit, depending on the game. So it's definitely chewing up resources in the background. It's pushing pushing the Switch hard. Um, but I mean, I, I enjoy it for what, like I said, for what my use case is. If I want to sit down, if I ever want to sit down and play Skyrim like hardcore or with mods, then obviously I'd sit down at my PC and play it. But that's not the experience I'm looking for. So I feel like the trade-off is worth it. I can give up the graphical fidelity, the the modability to be able to just like sit back and chill and play it and walk around with it to different rooms and, you know, put it in standby mode and walk away and come back later. So it's nice. Um you know, I mean, it's it's Skyrim otherwise, base Skyrim otherwise. You know what you're getting into at this point. And if you don't, hi, welcome to gaming. You must be new here. Let me show you around. <laughs> so, yep, those are the games that I will talk about. I've played Skyrim this week. I haven't played Forger in, I think, three weeks. But like I said, or have said in the last couple of shows, like I have a big backlog of a bunch of games that I, I played um, to just throw in whenever I needed something. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm got a little bit of a backlog as well. Just when there's kind of a slow week, still need to talk about a particular game, but I haven't. I'm in a lull on it, and yeah, say Skylines, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of filled the role that I was playing the other one in because say Skylines, I could just sit there, play it a bit, and then go do other shit. Yeah. I mean, when we have that conversation, I have lots of things to say because of the other mod that I've been playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I have some stuff to throw in on the mod that you've been playing. But 
I'll probably let you lead the first half of the conversation whenever we get to it. Yeah, but we have other conversations to have first. Indeed. Like the news. Yep. Um, not a lot of news this week. A couple, mostly everything that we found was either like game announcements, like, ah, oh, yes, this game coming in whatever, 2021 or 2020. Or um, this then, game has been delayed to 2021. Yeah. Uh, the year 2020 has been canceled. Yep. I wish. Like, I don't think most people actually think this. I mean, I'm sure some do. But, like, 2021 isn't going to magically, like, you wake up. It's like, oh, yes, January 1st, 2021. All the problems are solved. But it it will be a nice refresher to get away from March of 2020. Yeah. Because that's where we are. It's it's September the 1st and March of 2020. But uh, one that, that we wanted to mention, mostly you, um, because it is, I, I guess, happy or nice. Yeah. Um, is the Fall Guys charity bidding war uh, nets a million bucks. Yeah, so uh, I guess it was a couple weeks ago. We reported about Fall Guys basically putting brands against one another for charity. Uh, I think it's really just a lot of brands, uh, uh, yeah, different game companies and such, see what Fortnite became and are upset because they missed out on getting in on the on the bottom floor of that. So any somewhat popular, especially Battle Royale, which right, yeah, uh, I mean, Paul Guys is technically Battle Royale or Battle Royale esque. Uh, they'll go after Hardcore to try to get their branding in it, especially if. The game offers a lot of cosmetic options, which Fall Guys does. It is highly popular, which, oh boy, right? Yep. So, basically, the developers decided to put it to good use and put different brands against one another and said, all right, we're going to have a public option. Whoever gets the highest bid gets their uh, shit in the game. Oh, and it's all going to go to charity. We're not making a dime off of it, which, okay, they are because it is you know, a viral marketing. And yeah, but it's about the closest to a win-win we could get, right? Yeah. So and we need the, those right now. So there was actually a coalition formed between Mr. Beast, Donaldson, G2 Esports, uh, uh, Ninja, and Aim Labs uh, that, oh, sorry. Uh, Ninja, Mr. Beast, G2 Esports, and Aim Lab. That they all came together and put in a bid for a million dollars to go to charity and won the auction. And I gotta admit, only know Ninja out of that. <laughs> yep, same. All I only good. know Ninja. Uh, thank, uh, thank you, uh, fellow old guy. Right? <laughs> what? What did you say? Uh, uh, easy. The uh, the the debates aren't for a few more weeks. <laughs> Yeah. All right, just keep your rants about soup off Twitter for a couple of days, okay? Okay. Uh, but, yeah, it's just, it, it's a nice feel-good thing, and it's for good calls. It's helping disabled gamers. And yeah, we did promise an update as well. Okay, so Aim Lab is a quote. Oh, God, something's playing in the background. It's so loud. Stop. Um. A I think game like that that is for training purposes to use to help you to get better at shooting, like Twitch shooting. Yeah, G two esports. Okay, I, 
uh, is League of Legends esports team. Okay. Uh, They seemed somewhat familiar, but I didn't know them. So that makes a lot more sense now. Who is Mr. Beast? I think a YouTuber. Yep, YouTuber. I'm assuming a gaming YouTuber? Uh, Expensive stunts in Flamford. So, uh, uh... Looks like he's got a gaming channel, though. Yeah. So. Yeah, so... Right. Yep. I mean, good for him, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Good for all of them. Spending some money on a charity, getting some good publicity. Yeah, and of course, Ninja is most well known for Fortnite uh, Twitch streaming, or or I guess now, again, Twitch streaming, right? Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> he made some bank going over to uh, Microsoft. Yeah. Before they died. Yeah. Or, or or did he go to YouTube? I can't remember if he went to went back to Twitch or went to YouTube. Mm, don't know. Uh, to be honest, I don't really watch his stuff. I, I'm far too old, and I couldn't care less about Fortnite. So, mm, right, definitely not the demographic. But right, yeah. Uh, looks like he's streaming on Twitch. Well, I mean, not right now, but he does stream on Twitch. Although he might also stream on YouTube. I mean, uh, he doesn't have an exclusivity tr- contract anymore because I think he got out of it whenever he uh, signed on to Mixer. I could be wrong on that. Uh, okay, looks like he's nope, primarily streaming on YouTube, but he's still got Twitch with like 15 million subs or something like that. But it looks like he's he's streaming more on YouTube than, than mm-hmm. Twitch. Yeah. Yeah, just amounts of money that we can't fathom throwing around millions or a quarter million each yeah oh yeah for the the charity i was thinking about ninja money no ninja money is uh fuck you money i mean not uh you know notch money but up there right yeah fuck you money versus fuck off money yeah but yeah quarter million each if they split it evenly yeah and uh you know for a good cause and Honestly, at this point in time, yeah, with everything going on, we could use some good news, right? I agree. And hey, it's uh, capitalism at work, you know, but putting uh, you know, charities at work. <laughs> yeah, is there anything else to say about this? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, uh, they three of the them's released their cosmetics, and they're okay. I mean. Uh, or what they want him to look like. I mean, eh, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I just imagine how much uh, uh, publicity this is uh, drummed up and how many units they've sold. And this is on top of uh, PlayStation uh, uh, Plus getting the game for free. I mean, definitely have the player base. It's the biggest game by far for Devolver uh, and by far the biggest launch which is saying a lot. So, yeah, I mean, definitely you know, a win-win all around, really. It's hard to really be cynical about this one. Yeah. I mean, I could, but eh. I agree. All right. Well, I mean, that does it for the only news topic we were going to talk about this week. So, mm-hmm. um, did uh, we didn't have anything for Community Corner, correct? Yeah, nothing for Community Corner. Uh, and there really wasn't a lot to talk about elsewise uh, outside of you know, uh, Apple and uh, Epic still uh, you know throwing their little uh, bitch fit. 
Okay. You know, uh, who could be the uh, biggest crybaby out of the bunch? So then that means the next question is, are we too sleepy and want to record I, perhaps the shortest episode ever? Or do no, we let, let, let's do Discovery Q. Okay. And I cleaned out Discovery Q uh, so we could do it as well. Okay. So hit the music in while, while I get in my need. mech because I got Iron Harvest. Oh, yes. I'm familiar <laughs> with the tabletop or the board game of this. Well, and I knew that there was a, a, a PC game coming. It's well, RTS, right? Yeah, and not coming is out. Oh, fancy. It, is it, it is, out out or early access? It is out out. It is not early access. It has released today. Sweet. So a real-time strategy game with epic single-player campaign, multiplayer, and co-op set in alternate reality 1920 with steampunk mechs. So, yes. Yeah, I'll almost certainly be picking this up at some point. Yeah, I'm not uh, sure about a $50 price tag. I'm not familiar enough with the uh, with the board game and uh, the, such to really want to go on it. And honestly, Game Pass has kind of ruined me on where to go in because, true. you know, if it may show up there. True. Uh, I if- would totally buy it if I hadn't spent like 150 bucks uh, in the last couple of months on some other stuff. Kind of frivolous, but fun spending. So I'll hold off on buying it new. I mean, it is Deep Silver and uh, Deep Silver has had some stuff pop up in Game Pass recently, so we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Well, I got one nowhere near as uh, exciting, interesting or exciting as that, I think. Cyber Manhunt. Um, it's a puzzle game that involves a lot of hacking and things like that. Um, I mean, it, it looks neat. It looks interesting. Um, I hope that the puzzles are more interesting than, you know, uh, what was that hack game we played last year? Oh, damn it. I'd have to go look at it. I know what you're talking about. It's the one where you're, you're like a government agency. Yeah, I hope that it plays more like that as opposed to sort of kind of almost like multiple choice style or more sort of math or whatever oriented puzzles. It's like solve the math problem and you do the hacking. Yeah, it, yeah, it was a more of a simulator-esque. It was in early access at the time and I think it's had its full release by now. I'd have to go double check it. Yeah, but I, I hope it's more like that and less like, you know, just simple problem solving to actually give you the answers to the puzzle but uh yeah, one thing i really a demo like, so you could try it yeah. out and one thing i really liked about that one and i'd have to go like i said go hunt for it was that there was also usually an alternate solution that you could do as well yeah like you could do social engineering as well to try to hack your way in because yeah that is a big part of it so uh you done yeah okay so i got nexomon extinction which this is the second game in a series I've never heard of. And it looks a lot like a Pokemon ripoff. I mean, you look at one of the GIFs and you see essentially what's a Pokeball, only it's a pyramid being thrown at, at something, right? Yeah. But I mean, just by the name, Nexamon. Yeah, but yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but just right, take a look. Uh, Trap and Tame. 381 Nexamon from non-elemental types with powerful evolutions. Oh, Jesus. This does look like just a straight Pokemon ripoff. 
that's not such a bad thing. I mean, uh, Pokemon definitely can stand to have some sort of competition out there. Yeah, and there, it feels like in the last, I don't know, year? Six yeah, months, uh, year, yeah, there was Tim several... Tim. That, yeah, there was Tim Tim, which was uh, Humble Bundle, wasn't it? Uh, their publishing arm uh, putting out essentially an MMO Pokemon game that uh, actually I haven't heard a lot uh, from. It doesn't mean that it's you know, not doing well. It's just usually it's either really good news or really bad news that gets uh, that makes something pop up unless you start hunting for it. So just because something's quiet doesn't mean a bad thing necessarily. But yeah, I mean, it's colorful. It, it, I will say that it's a lot more colorful than um, most Pokemon games I've seen. Uh, it definitely looks like it hits the formula quite right. Or yeah, the typical formula. It'd be interesting to get Anita to play this because she is a Pokemon fanatic. Yeah. Uh, it's not an early access, full release at $18. But yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And no, this is eighteen bucks. That's a really close to me impulse buying that in a in yeah. a month or two. Yeah, the first one is actually ten bucks, and it was released in July. I'm not sure if they're porting this from uh, from mobile or what. Let me actually search that. Ooh, no, it's a Switch game actually. Oh. Oh, and it is on Google Play, so so definitely coming from uh, mobile, but fairly decently reviewed. It's three point five stars, but a, a lot of five stars, a lot of one stars. Uh, but it looks like mostly due to a paywall. After quite a while, it's free to start, but then you hit a paywall on it. So I definitely see where that could bring down the star rating. So yeah, interesting. Looks like we're getting more and more Pokemon-esque games. Yeah, which hopefully, you know, having some competition, even if it's not a massive, like, uh, monetary rival or something like that, just ideas to to evolve eh, the genre eh? a bit. Because um, Pokemon is fun, and I totally understand if they want to keep lots of aspects of the game simple for kids, but... At this point, Pokemon is a multi-generational franchise that has adults that play it as well. A lot of adults. So I think it, it needs to have some more complex mechanics in it. Um, but, okay. My turn? Yeah. Captain Subasa: Rise of New Champions. This is a football uh, arcade-style game based on... I don't know if this is based on the manga, the original manga, or the anime... Uh, but this is a uh, one of those um, game has a, a brilliant, clearly anime inspired art style um, with what I think would be or what looks to my eye like uh, cell shading, um, which I usually typically like the very cartoony like cell shaded look. Um, I feel like that tends to hold up well. Um, watching the gameplay trailers, it, it looks fun, like. As far as sports games go, the only two that I typically enjoy playing are golf and soccer. Um, and so, you know, an arcade-style soccer game with basically, like, you know, powers and abilities sounds like a, a blast to me. It does have mixed reviews, so I don't know. I hope this kind of falls into the double-A category of games, although they are, they're charging six for it, probably because... Yeah, it looks like the there's server issues for multiplayer from the few reviews I've seen. 
and that's really hurting it. Yeah, but um, you know, looks neat. I don't. I'm. I definitely wouldn't play full p- price for it. But that's not because it looks bad. Just because of my my preference, I'd probably get it on sale. But I like the look of it. Okay, so my next one is tell me why. No. Uh, okay. Well. Okay. Continuing on then. <laughs> so tell me why is the latest game series or episodic game from Don't Nod from uh uh damn it now I'm blanking on Oh I hate when I do that. From Life is Strange, from the Life is Strange uh, developers. And also remember me uh and Vampire. So uh they're doing a bit of a different uh thing with their episodic game where they're releasing them all within about a month and a half to two months instead of stretching it out across five episodes it's across three so it's at 10 years apart twins tyler and allison reunite to uh, sell their childhood home but they soon realize that the path is not what they remember and it's trying to dig up the past and figure out what happened so i and a very emotional game from uh, what I've read, but I've tried to avoid spoilers because this is also on Game Pass, so there is a, a, a way to play this without going in for the $30 uh, price tag. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Don't Not does their emotional roller coasters really well and it, it looks like they really up the graphical fidelity as well. So it'll be interesting to try it out at some point. And I believe... Uh, uh, actually, the female lead is a trans character as well, which uh, adds uh, some more re- representation as, uh, to uh, a non-binary uh, lifestyle. So, yeah. Nice. Um, okay. My next game, Anno 1404 History Edition. I mean, this is a remaster of Anno 1404. Uh, so, if you like Anno and you never played this one, and you want to play one that's compatible with easily or readily compatible with modern OSs and resolutions and stuff, there there you go. Here you go. Looking at the screenshots, I mean, they look good. They, you know, they're screenshots, so hard to say. Yeah, I think that. I had that last week, and I believe it has an issue if you have the base game or the old uh, Dawn Discovery does not play nice with the multiplayer. So there is that issue. Gotcha. All right. So I got Combat Mission Shock Force 2. A very generic title, but an interesting uh, game. It looks like it's grand strategy with realistic one-to-one tactical simulations on battles. Uh, Let's see. The latest title in the Combat Mission franchise, which honestly I haven't heard of, but it's from War Games. Uh, um, Shock Force uh, brings you to the hypothetical conflict in Syria between two forces of NATO and Syrian army. Play uh, either side on uh, uh, WeGo or real-time with incredibly detailed and realistic uh, one-to-one tactical simulations. I mean, it does look like it's a very dated graphically but honestly for if it's uh, a real-time strategy or a uh, well strategy games don't have to be pretty to to be good and it definitely looks like it has its good reviews they probably don't do themselves any favors by zooming in on assets but yeah 
if you want a uh, uh, a uh, strategy game, there you go, right? There you go. Um, so I got one. Get to the orange door. This is a first person, like really fast shooter puzzle maneuvering crazy game. Um, it seems like they I, after um, uh, Doom twenty sixteen reintroducing really fast character movement in first person shooter games, and then. Uh, Titanfall, um, in particular Titanfall 2 with the refinement of their movement system. It looks like somebody smashed those two things together. Like, there's wall jumping and bouncing off walls and really crazy speed and swapping weapons and and blowing up people and, like, this neon-colored, like, vomitscape. Like, it looks really, really good. I like the, the art style, all the neon. It feels very gaudy to me, and I like that. Um... He would. I absolutely would. Uh, it looks like it looks like a cyberpunk nightmare. Yeah, but um, I just it looks interesting. Um, my biggest fear would be is it going to cause me to have motion sickness? But I'm very interested in the look of this game. And hey, it's got a demo. I like seeing game more and more games with demos here lately. I'll probably check out the demo at some point. But yeah. Well, I got Age of Empires three definitive edition. So a remaster of Age of Empires 3, because Age of Empires 2 did well enough, I guess. Uh, it, I do know that it's also going to be out on Game Pass uh, in six weeks when this comes out on Steam in mid-October. So once again, yeah, if you want to check it out there, go ahead. If not, right? Uh, yeah. th- they're only asking 20 bucks for it, which is nice, because, you know, it's been... Uh, we, we've seen remasters just try to up and up the price, but honestly, a lot of times you don't see the uh, real benefit to the remaster outside of just graphical side. You know, making the game prettier or making it where it runs a little bit better on modern hardware. So I think a $20 price point for a game like this, uh, on top of just nostalgia value, just uh, brings in a new crop of players as well. I think that's a good price point. Yeah. At least in my opinion. I agree with you. Um, I do think that's a good price point. Oh. Um, so I got <laughs> Pop-Up Dungeon. Yeah, I just had that one pop up, but go for it. So this is um, a tabletop-inspired type of game. Um, it's it's a tactical world-like RPG that's inspired by your favorite tabletop games. And according to the feature list, it's got like over 1500 like unique abilities and um uh let's see lots of items and playable characters that you can customize and create new ones um fully voiced characters and cast for looks like pre-made stories um it looks like it plays like a tabletop game there's dice rolling and uh, the map is laid out like a grid um so very excited by the looks of that, but it's got a huge uh, looks like creation system where you can make your own stuff to have people run through and play and share them. I hope this kind of just getting a little waft of, of the type of game that's like, Oh yes, our community will create all of the content. And it does say that it has a, a, a built in uh, story driven campaign and a, um, uh, like a random generator or procedural generator to run sort of randomized stories or adventures um 
but uh you know depending on how much effort they put into those things would determine how good they are or not and i hope this isn't a the community will create all of the content because if you don't get much of a community then you won't really get much of a uh, really, all that much content, unless they're extremely passionate. Mm-hmm. But the game release, uh, like see couple- some of uh, like uh, uh, like Warrior Five. Yeah. Um, but the game released a couple of weeks ago, and its all-time peak is only six hundred and fifty-three players, Oof. according to Steam charts. So that is not promising, which sucks because this game looks very promising. Um, oh well, it's also published by Humble Bundle, so. Uh, you know, they definitely have the money to throw at odd uh, uh, games or odd developers. Yeah. Also, looking at this, it's listed as a like a fully released game. There's no mention on on their early access. But then you go down to the bottom, and there's a couple of things on here that's like this is you know, uh, for example, full multiplayer integration is a long term goal. It's like okay, um, you know, goals to add more maps and tile sets and stuff looks like it's using the steam remote play thing mm-hmm. where you can hand off turns to people uh for the multiplayer which is kind of neat um as long as it works there have been some issues with that remote play thing but hopefully they don't abandon the feature but yeah looks neat oh and the kind of the art aesthetic like i think it's called pop-up dungeon i'm guessing because it looks a lot like a kid's pop-up book the art yeah. style for everything so I mean, that's probably pretty obvious just from listening, but to, you know, in case you were wondering or if you didn't pick up on it, it's called Pop Up Dungeon because it looks like a pop up book. Mm-hmm. Very cute. And, and things pop up. They do. They do indeed. Well, going from cutie to uh, Nightmare Horror, Decromundia Underhive Wars from the Warhammer 20K series. Or oh, sorry, 40K series, uh, world. A according to this turn based, even though it's a little hard to tell just because the screenshot looks like they're all from uh cinematics, uh, where you're uh deep below the hob cities of Necromundia, uh, lead, customize, and grow your gang in the twisted tunnels of the dystopian underhive. Face rival gangs and tactical gun uh, fights for power, wealth, survival, and honor. So, interesting. I've never heard about this aspect of Warhammer 40k, or this particular area, and this does say that this is the first game in this like little area of the lore. Uh, follow a rich narrative uh, campaign, uh, engage in immersive and persistent game modes, and solo or four-way online gang fights, which I'd love to see co-op, especially if you're able to run with a rival gang. But yeah, right. It is a Warhammer game, so it's quite out there in the art style. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this looks like uh, your cyberpunk game. Uh, yeah, uh, went to hot topic. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, no, this does look cool though. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, this is the problem: is that Warhammer games they're either very good or absolute trash, and. It's very rare to get a very good game out of it. I mean, there's the uh, Dawn of War series, which only a couple of them have been excellent. Uh, Space Marine, and that's uh, Battlefleet Gothic uh, also as well. 
I'm sorry. But outside of that, there's a lot of just trash out there in this uh, franchise. And it's just because, you know, the rights holder just throws it out to anyone. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to say the least. Hopefully it's good and not utter trash. Yeah. Um, so I got one that I'm not going to put on the list because it's a porn game, but I do uh, want to talk about it for a minute. Um, it's Corruption of Champions 2, which, you know, the letters spell cock, so there you go. Um, the person who developed this game has developed several other of this type of game, and I went to go look to see if they were still available. Like, these are old uh, text-based browser RPGs, like from the sort of the Newgrounds era. Um, that, that's where I remember pr- playing the first uh, cock and then tits, which is Trials in Tainted Space. Um, I mean, they're fun, interesting games that I, I, as long as you are someone who is okay with very lewd or pornographic content, they're they're the, the good type of porn games that actually, you know, while the story is certainly uh, silly and cliched at times, the person who developed these games, um, or the, the group, I'm not sure... Uh, if uh, the the name is Phenoxo, I'm not sure if he's got a team or if it's just him developing these games. But a lot of care and time and effort goes into them. Um, and they've got some pretty complicated uh, characters and storylines and things. And then there's also like tits and stuff. So uh, you can, I it looks like you can play all of these still for free. Um, where they used to be hosted is gone, but this person. He's got his own website, and you can play all of the games in browser or download them. I don't know if they're up to date. Um, you can support him on Patreon, or you can just buy the game through Steam. Um, he's charging ten bucks for it on Steam. I don't know about uh, the Patreon. You know what you get from there, but I just want to talk about it for a minute because we get so many like shitty garbage porn games that are very clearly like bad. And it's just, hey, give us some money. Look at some tits. So I want to, I want to like call out like this is a good one. This is one of the good ones. And in fact, there's a whole series of these games that have been developed by this guy, and you know anybody who's helping him over the years. Um, so if you are going to pay for a porn game, this is the one. <laughs> so Corruption of Champions, but not going to put it in the show notes because it is a porn game. So yeah. No. Yeah, I hit a porn game as well, and then I went on and got Windbound, which is essentially uh, someone trying to combine uh, Wind Waker and Breath of the Wild into a uh, uh, a single game. I mean, I've heard mixed reviews. I've heard people uh, praising it, and I've heard people slamming it because it does have a lot of busy work, and it has some of the things that made uh breath of the wild kind of tedious where it's a lot of nothing to try to find out your story and if you want just kind of an open world game where you could go do your thing uh, and explore this is probably right up your alley but if not then if you want something a little bit more cohesive then it's probably not your uh, jam uh and i've I'm just leafed through a couple of the reviews and it looks like there's uh, the survival mechanics uh, don't really do anything and just annoy uh, a couple of the top reviewers. Uh, Sailing could be a little bit of an annoyance. uh, Bring it back around to Wind Waker. 
uh, you're on an archipelago, it looks like, and uh, with procedural island generation where uh, you have to sail between them and there's some people that have issue with some of the sailing mechanics. So, mm, right? Yeah. It is a full release uh, for 30 bucks. So it's definitely a solid double uh, A territory price wise. And maybe it's just one of those games that needs like some post launch content or post launch uh, patching to fix uh, some of the con- control issues. Because that really looks like what the issue here is for most of it is that uh, there's just some people that are having issues with controlling the boat and uh, uh, especially wind direction. Uh, and it looks like some people might just get lost in the story as well. So, mm. cool. Um, so I got another one. RoboQuest. Uh, fast-paced FPS roguelite. <coughs> um, where you're a robot guardian blowing up other robots. It's got a cel-shaded art style. Very cartoony. Looks like, you know, whenever you shoot your gun, it looks like, uh, bang pops up over it and there's other looks like sound effects that pop up on screen um which i I find quite charming um i really liked that about um shit what was the game club game we played a few months ago uh that we really didn't like the game void bastards yeah void bastards but i did love that quirk of it um you know seeing the sound effects on screen uh kind of comic book style so this has got that um also it can be played in co-op which is nice um but it, it just it looks like a really neat game. I like the art style. Um, I like the sort of idea behind it. Looks cool. Yeah, I finished my queue. Uh, I got just I got two very generic looking survival games that just yeah yeah. Well, uh, it, it looked like the survival aspect of Daisy before they just went ah fuck it we'll be battle royale. Yep. Well, I had one game left, uh, and it was a porn game. It looks like a garbage porn game. So that's it for my cue. Um, so then that means it's time for me to say, hey, Rage, hit him with the socials. Well, I've been Caffeine Rage. You can find me on Twitter, uh, bitching about my state government. It gave me a, uh, gave me a CR. Or you be my friend on Steam, Caffeine Rage over there. You've been Gaming Psychologist. You can find me on the YouTubes by searching for Gaming Psychologist on Twitter at JMA4707. And uh, if you want to be my friend on Steam, you can do so by sending a friend request to jarthur4707. And if we, if you wish to let them know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password for this week is Drama Llama. Drama Llama. Drama Llama. Uh, so scrolling all the way back up. So if you wish to contact us uh, for Jared to give you therapy for some of the shit we pulled. <laughs> <laughs> or just give you uh, us letters, voicemails, game-related topics. You can send them to vglpodcast at gmail.com or tweet them to us over at VGL Podcast on the Twitter. Our lovely, lovely patrons have made this possible. You can find out more at patreon.com slash vglpodcast or you can hit up the Podbean, which has links to all our stuff with the, uh, with the show notes and that's over at vglpodcast.podbean.com. Or you can find us on the podcatcher of cho- of your choice if you wish to spread the love. 
Our intro and outro music is on the ground, and our Discovery Q music is doubly due. Both by Kevin McCloy, both can be found at incompetech.com. And as always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Bye bye now. See you next time. Bye bye.